It was a horrific night for Orange County Soccer Club fans as they found out their Orange County Soccer Club has lost the right to host the USL Cup Final if they make it past Phoenix on Saturday. And there's a lot of conspiracies behind it. We don't quite know what's going on yet, but we know there's something going on here. And now Orange County's looking at their final home game of the season this Saturday against Phoenix Rising FC. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. As we are underway from the Champion Soccer Stadium. First time into the box, it's a great ball, and Emolson! Oh, it's a world-class goal from Orange County. Chaplow, Chaplow will have a go off the deflection, and it finds its way in. Selmo shooting from the corner, he put it in! And there will be no second opportunity as Andre Rawls shuts it down. This ball finds the top left corner, and Orange County has struck again. Past Hashimoto, Segbert shooting, scoring! Escalante sits on it, and Rawls somehow was ready. And I fight. And I fight over the top, headed down, it's in! Orange County equalizes! What a debut! Not only for the stadium, but for Sola Avalaji. Are you ready, Orange County? This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast that's dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. This is your host, Ray Samore, and I'm with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are you doing? It's going, oh, oh how am I doing? I'm doing horribly, Ray, um, and it's going horribly. Uh, I'll try and keep this family friendly for those of you with kids and uh, <laughs> sensitive ears. And uh, no, I definitely get an I, I We're going to get into that frustration. But before we get a little bit further in that, in that we've got a couple of uh, guests joining us. And these guests are you know, sort of crossing enemy lines over a little bit here. Uh, it's two guests that cover Phoenix Rising FC out there in the hot, hot desert that I guess people call Phoenix. Uh, so first, let's go ahead. I guess we'll bring on Kevin. Kevin, you are from Firebird Soccer, correct? Nope, that's going to be Aaron. Oh, that's Aaron. Dang it. Yep. Well, I this is one. You know, this is just a freaking wonderful <laughs> night for our podcast here. <laughs> let's, go, let's go to Aaron then. Aaron, Firebird Soccer. Welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer cast. Hey, so glad to be here with you guys and uh, representing both Firebird Soccer, uh, which is our uh, website that does print uh, uh, print media or web media and uh, photography, as well as the Rising of One podcast, also part of the Beautiful Game Network. Awesome. Yeah, Beautiful Game Network. We spoke with uh, Dominic probably two or three months back. He was a wonderful guest. Glad to have you on, Aaron. Now let's get over to Kevin. We're going to get this right eventually here. Uh, Kevin is from the... PRFC Fan Show. Correct. We made the name as difficult as possible. Uh, <laughs> PRFC Fan Show is a YouTube channel and a Twitter account, and we do Facebook too. Um, I just decided that something needed to be done, and I, so I created this YouTube channel, and it's been great because uh, Phoenix Rising lets me interview the players and the coaches and even the owners. 
So I kind of get the inside skinny sometimes on what's going on with the team, and we have a lot of fun with the account. Awesome. Well, uh, I want to thank both of you gentlemen for taking some time to join us here on our podcast. We focus primarily on Orange County, but we definitely wanted to bring you guys on because there was a great matchup coming up this weekend. Before we get into the thick of matches, uh, some news broke today. Uh, well, we're recording this and broadcasting this on late Wednesday, but a little bit earlier today, for those of you listening to the podcast, it was on Wednesday. Uh, the USL announced on their website that if Orange County makes the final... They don't get to host. It's going to be going to the Eastern Conference team. Now, I'm sure for you Phoenix guys, you're like, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, it's not going to matter. But for us Orange County, Orange County people that have been waiting all year to get to this final and host a final and watch our players play in Irvine, it was a big sort of slap in the face. Uh, yeah, I This happened at around 6.30 our time. And so I'm just starting trick-or-treating with the kids. And luckily, my wife was there with me, and she was able to manage the kids more because I was on my phone pretty much the whole evening uh, checking out information, trying to reach out to my contacts at the club. Uh, Dylan, I'll get straight to you because you know you're you're right there with me as a fan. Uh, wh- what did that news do to you when you heard it? So I was when you texted me the news. I was um, prepping my dinner, making the salad. And, I mean, you killed my meal. I'm so heated about this. Um, I, I'm kind of laughing about it. It's actually really, really annoying. Um, I'm I'm really pissed off. Um, when Cincinnati got knocked out of the playoffs last week, um, I went, all right, sweet. Like, this is great. I don't have to go on some, um, road trip if Orange County keeps winning. It'll be here. Um, so because of that, I went to the world series on Sunday and and saw the Red Sox win. And so now that money has been spent, um, that I would have spent traveling. So now there's absolutely no way I can get out to, um, either Louisville or New Jersey um, <laughs> for the final, if it happens to go that way. But really, I don't understand what's happened here. Um, supposedly, the club has the highest priority at that stadium. Um, so, I mean, unless the president is showing up on Thursday at <laughs> 8 p.m. for a match, I don't know what's going on uh, and, and why we don't have it. So we'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out more uh, tomorrow. But for right now, I'm just trying to uh, keep it G-rated. <laughs> no, I, I feel you. I'm, I was very frustrated with that. If you follow our Twitter account, I you know tweeted out a, a wonderful gif, I think is how you pronounce it, of some guy banging his head on something. I forget what it was from. Um, again, I was out trick-or-treating, so that's when I found out, and I was just focused on the phone. I reached out some contacts. I haven't heard back yet. Um, but you know, the weird thing is that this, this information came from the USL. The club hadn't really hinted at this at all, so I wonder... Uh, if it was meant to come out tonight, at least the club was hoping or thinking it was going to come out tonight or if they were maybe waiting to release it until maybe after the game on Saturday. Uh, really quick before I get to our guests here, I want to just sort of get their opinion as an outsider, maybe as an unbiased outsider, and then they can share what their thoughts are as a Phoenix fan or a Phoenix follower. Uh, but our friend uh, Alicia over at Angels on Parade, she actually was able to get a little bit of information when this uh, story broke. Uh, on her website, uh, she posted an article, and per the article, I'm just going to quote the article from her. It says, according to a source with knowledge of the situation, Orange County SC was not able to confirm that championship soccer stadium at Orange County Great Park on November 8th would be available for the night of the final and therefore are ineligible from hosting. The source stressed that there was not much OCSC could do in the matter as the availability of the venue is determined by the administrators at Orange County Great Park and not the club itself. 
Hence, that's why Dylan is and I are probably a little bit more upset with the city of Irvine than anything. Uh, let me uh, go to Kevin. Kevin, just as an outsider, maybe just sort of be unbiased with it. What are your thoughts uh, hearing this news uh, that Orange County, even with the you know the, the remaining best team in the USL playoffs, has no shot of hosting a final? You know, just as a footy fan, I'd be pissed. And, you know, the thing of it is, is that this news is kind of late breaking. I mean, the final's going to happen in about a week and a half, right? So people must have known that these moving parts were in position for quite a while. Um, I would have expected our ownership to take steps to make sure that they'd secured the stadium. It sounds like maybe that didn't happen. I mean, I don't know, and I can't judge that. But overall, short answer is I'd be pissed. I'd be like, what the heck? Well, that's that. I'm glad to hear that as an outsider, you, you know, you, you share that sentiment that Dylan and I sort of have here. Uh, Aaron, what about you? What are your thoughts on this as an outsider, sort of unbiased uh, thought on the whole situation? Yeah, so what we have here is we have a second year in a row of some sort of stadium controversy in the USL playoffs. And it, and as many great things as USL does on a regular basis, I mean, uh, they really are a great division to soccer league. But this is the second year in a row that we had some sort of stadium controversy. Last year in the Western Conference semifinals, we had an issue between Swope and Sacramento Republic. Is Swope hosting? Is Sacramento Republic announces that they're going to host the game, but nothing had come out from USL at the time. Swope announces they're hosting the game. Everybody's going, what the heck is going on? Um, and, and this is confusion that just doesn't belong in the league. Now, in, in this particular case that we're talking about here, USL did come out and they put a pretty decent everything you need to know about the 2018 Cup. And they made a statement and they said, if, if this, if this, if this, and they made a statement about it. So it's not as much confusion. It's more a little bit about why. But still, you got a top seed. The top seed works their butt off. The top seed de- deserves the host. And if... Orange County Stadium isn't available, then they need to say to to the Orange County leadership, hey, guys, you need to find a facility. And whether they're find, trying to use the uh, StubHub or uh, whatever that whatever else that you guys have out there that's available, Orange County deserves the right to host this game. If, if, it's not going to happen, but if you were to beat <laughs> Phoenix Rising. <laughs> Way to throw that in there. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I like that you call that out there, the StubHub Center. I mean, we, there is a team that plays there that is not playing in the playoffs for MLS, StubHub Center. Uh, many of our fans have made the trip out to face Galaxy 2 uh, in their little football, uh, call high school football stadium setup that they have there. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird that, you know, that wasn't possibly an option. Maybe Galaxy said, hell no, tough luck. You're not going to host it. Um, there's, you know, a stadium that ha- hosts baseball matches that the team is not playing right now. I know those baseball fields sometimes don't work out quite, but I mean, it, it, that could have potentially been an opportunity. Heck, I, I don't know. I know the league has requirements and, and U.S. Soccer so- uh, Association has requirements for stadium, you know, capacity and whatnot. Uh, but there are some other, you know, smaller college stadiums in Orange County that possibly would have been with, been an option. So, uh, but it, it's definitely frustrating i was already planning i I mean i had already spoke to my wife i'm like hey it's a five o'clock kickoff on a thursday i'm just gonna head you know probably do a half day at work head over there try and do whatever we're gonna do for our podcast live you know before the show and it sort of ended up being uh uh sort of changed here so well it's a cluster and i don't know the details yet (laughs) because this is a new breaking story um but the almighty dollar seems to be behind this 
Um, you know, for me personally, the quality of the field is more important than the quantity of the butts and seats. Um, I'm sure that the uh, priority is exactly the opposite with the USL. I mean, I can't say that for sure, but it seems like maybe that might be the case. Um, you know, like if, if, you know, a team ends up with Louisville, that field's terrible. It's just a horrible field. It's a patched up baseball field. You watch the game uh, this past weekend. They're, they're, they're passing the ball and the ball's doing all sorts of weird stuff on the passes and it had everything to do with the pitch. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. But overall, the fans are getting screwed here. They so I will, I, I will say, I just want to say one thing with Kevin, because I did see uh, Kevin had a great interview with Tyler Terrens of uh, uh, the USL broadcaster and the, the field at Louisville did come up. Uh, USL in the same announcement uh, that we were just talking about did announce that if Louisville hosts, it's going to be at Lynn Stadium in Louisville. It is not going to be at their typical stadium. Lynn Stadium is actually a soccer-specific stadium, but it only has a capacity of 5,300. And it's part of the University of Louisville and managed by their athletic department. So it is interesting that if Louisville does end up hosting the championship, that they will be on a better uh, on a better pitch in a soccer-specific stadium. Uh, so that's a good thing for the players for a potential final in Louisville. But we all know that uh, Red Bull is going to beat them so that Phoenix can host. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, Dylan, you, you've been a fan. Or you, you actually, I think, followed OC when they were playing at uh, UC Irvine. At UCI back in the day. Do you know, like, that stadium, would that, have been a, would, that, would that have been a possibility? Or is that stadium too, uh, too small and too uh, single-sided to potentially even have as an, as an option? Um, I think the single side is is the biggest issue with that, um, where then they have to rent a, like a scissor lift and have the cameras of, over on that side of the pitch um, because the USL rules state that you have to have... Um, it's possible, though, I mean. Like a stadium thing actually facing. And there's plenty of soccer stadiums in Orange County. Um, Heck, there's some, there's some... I don't know what's going on here. I think there's like a, a high school stadium like in Santa Ana that probably has enough capacity for 5,000 fans. Yeah, it would be a, a high school football stadium with you know bleacher seating, but still, it would be an option for OC fans to, to watch their team potentially. Again, we're, we're sort of ahead of the, the game here, but uh, I, I don't see how that couldn't have been an option. Um, there, there's... there's it's, it's, it's Orange County. It's Southern California. There's a million stadiums down here. It's not like we're in the middle of nowhere... You know, we're not uh, in a, a city with one stadium for everything. It's, it, I mean, there's there's high school stadiums that probably have enough seating. So, so let me ask you guys this. I mean, there's a lot of talk about the USL on this thing. Do you guys feel like you should be calling out ownership here that they didn't cover your backs in this situation? They should have been on top of uh, reserving the uh, stadium for this. Uh, I, I I don't want to jump ahead and and make uh, assumptions on exactly what happened. Uh, it's all sort of out in the air because the USL is the one that announced it. And because I haven't heard anything from the club, we don't really quite know because we're looking at the, at the, the stadium or the city of Irvine's website. And there's some sort of college or junior college soccer tournament happening um, that weekend, or, you know, I think from the seventh to the 10th, but then people that are followers of the club, I was checking on Facebook on our supporter group. People are talking about, yeah, I know someone that runs that tournament and OC has, you know, OCSC has priority to the stadium still. So, I, I, I'd, I'd hate to answer that now and rush to judgment when I don't really know all the facts. Um, I will say, even at the beginning, before this announcement came out, I was scared that Orange County wouldn't be able to fill all the seats in that stadium as a 5 o'clock kickoff on a Thursday. Uh, so, I mean, like you said, um, uh, Kevin, I, I, you know, money could have played a part of this. Uh, you, you never know. Um, I know you said you, you'd rather have a good pitch than 
full seats, but that was always a worry for me going into this as a five o'clock kickoff on a Thursday. I mean, that was just a crazy kickoff time for us on the West Coast. That's a valid concern. (laughs) But I'm sure you guys out in Phoenix can fill that stadium regardless of it being a five o'clock kickoff. So props to you guys. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. It's such a frustrating situation to me. If it's the club, we're going to play these players to get into this position and then we're not going to pay the money to reserve the stadium that we've played in all season long for the biggest match of the club's history. I mean, Saturday's going to be the biggest match of the club's history. And last Saturday was the biggest match of the club's history. Like we've never made it this far as a club um, and we've never played at home in the playoffs and now we're doing these things. And so now it comes down to, Oh, it's too much of a maybe and and the cost is too high. I mean, you don't pay La Banda for an entire season and there's that money. Like it, it, it's there and that money needs to be spent if it's on the club and if it's on the city, then I mean, you know, you get your little political and your democratic voices going and you start pressuring the city and find out what happened and why we can't host it. And if it's on the league, then the league needs to set a priority on why they can't seem to come up with a well, good reason for teams that deserve to host games to actually host games. And, and, and we're going to try and figure out what happened over the next few days here. I'm sure we'll get more information on this. Uh, I don't want to focus too hard on this because there is actually some great soccer that was played this last weekend, and that's going to be happening this weekend. Uh, going ahead, we still have to try and stay positive as OC fans. Uh, you know, I know it's sort of a blow, uh, and it's going to be, you know, it's, it's took it takes a little bit out of me from wanting to really push, you know, my friends to try and come out to the match because now I'm like, okay, you know, this is our last chance to see them this season. Uh, I know that sort of sucks to hear if, if, if you're a fan, but it, this was sort of a punch in the gut tonight. So let's get into this. Let's get into the actual soccer on the field. Uh, first, what I want to do is I want to talk about the matches that happened this past weekend, uh, and then we'll get into sort of a little preview of what's going to happen this weekend between Phoenix and Orange County. So let's do this. Let's talk briefly. And and uh, Aaron, Kevin, feel free to join in as much as you want. I, I don't know if you guys got a chance to catch the Orange County-Reno match, either the highlights or the full match. Mm-hmm. But you guys can join in and chime in at all you want with this. Uh, this past weekend at Championship Soccer Stadium, the home of Orange County Soccer Club, OCSC defeated Reno 1868 FC 1-0 uh, to move on to the Western Conference Final. It was a pretty uh, tight match all the way through. Uh, Dylan and myself out in the stands there with County Line Coalition, we were you know you know biting our nails and we could barely you know look at the match. We were just sort of uh, nervous for the at least the final 20, 25 minutes of that match. But Orange County was able to come out victorious. Which hey you know last week I did pick Orange County to win. I picked two nil. We probably should have won two nil if Thomas Anna Volton would just take a shot instead of uh, you know looking for the perfect shot, just take whatever the shot was given to him. But uh, Dylan, uh, give us your quick rundown of, of how you felt during the game or after the game. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it wasn't going to be pretty. I predicted a close match, um, I think, two weeks prior, and I mean, we got a close match. Um, Seton coming off an injury in the 45th minute uh, at halftime really changed the way that we set up that shape, bringing on Duke um, to kind of shore up the back and then just sitting there for 45 minutes and withstanding the world's craziest press basically um and then even beyond that the couple chances that we had uh Ennevoldson had one in the second half and um i think quinn and uh, matt spearman had chances as well that were just agonizingly close um and, and didn't end up working out but oh man 
it's it's the playoffs and games don't have to be pretty uh, you just got to get three points and we got three points and we advanced um and honestly a huge shout out to reno they put in an amazing performance an amazing shift but it wasn't to be it was it yeah. was it was a great match by reno um kevin what are your thoughts yeah, I mean, compared to the Louisville game, it was a great game. Um, there were a lot of opportunities where I think um, on both sides uh, between uh, you all and Reno that, you know, shots should have been taken and they weren't taken. And, you know, frankly, I hope you guys keep that up. So <laughs> that would be a good thing. Um, but there were a lot of opportunities where I thought, man, there's a breakdown in defense here. Somebody's got to take a shot. Um, I would have expected a lot more shots on target from the game than there was. Um, it's not that the defenses in this game were stellar. It just seemed like um, after Aiden uh, hit that goal, who was in the 27th, 29th minute, something like that, um, once that happened, things seemed to, uh, I don't know, settle down on the OC side, and, and Reno just couldn't step up. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was kind of an odd game, uh, but a whole lot better than what Louisville you know, provided. God, that was a, that was a snooze fest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair to say that Orange County is looking to score first. Um, throughout the season, we've generally been scored on first. I think while the last nine games of the season ended up being uh, come from behind victories because we'd concede in the first 15 minutes and then go on to win. Um, so I think they were really, really pressing to get that first goal. And then once they did, everyone kind of settled in because then there was something to play for and they had their shapes for either 1-0 up or 1-0 down, um, but not necessarily 0-0. How about you, yes, Kevin? I think that's fair. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry. Aaron, how about you? Did you get a chance to uh, watch any of the match or see any of the highlights uh, from that uh, Orange County-Reno match? Yeah, so the funny thing is I was actually having a big party at my house. I had, For my uh, daughter's birthday, we had a Halloween party, and uh, me and a couple of the other guys uh, – uh, came on over here into my office, uh, my little cave, and, and we were watching a, a good chunk of the match. Um, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I, it, it was not a super exciting match, um, as I was seeing. Uh, they're just in terms of total shots. So uh, Orange County had 11 shots, Reno had 12. Uh, four for Orange County were on, on target. Two for Reno were on target. So we're not seeing big saves. We're not seeing a lot of accuracy. Um, and I think what happened was uh, the, the the boys in orange uh, for you guys, black and orange uh, on the night for you guys, you got that goal and you just went into bunker mentality. And that's pretty common as we see that, that we see that in playoffs. Um, Reno, I felt gave a very disappointing effort. I think they're a team with a ton of talent. Um, I think that they're very, they can be very explosive. They're a good solid squad. And then uh, Orange County, you, I mean, you guys, all, all you do is score goals. Um, so to be, to see things played a little bit slower, uh, that's, that wasn't the game that I was expecting to watch, um, uh, you know, and have beers, uh, with watching <laughs> with, with some of my friends. So. Well, I, the, the frustrating thing is, uh, you know, w- with County Line Coalition, we sit right there on the goal line. We're right by the goal. And, and we were there when Thomas N. of Olson probably had three or four opportunities to take a shot. Uh, instead of doing so, he was either making the extra pass or taking the extra dribble to try and set up the perfect shot, which is sort of confusing because we've seen him all season make shots that aren't, you know, he wasn't setting up for the perfect shot, but he was still making great shots uh, out there. I think Dylan hit it, hit it uh, you know, right on the nose there that, you know, the injury to Michael Seaton there uh, at the end of the first half sort of disrupted the Orange County game plan. I think if Seaton was out there the second half, we probably would have had another one or two goals on the the scoreboard there. Uh, him and him and Enna Voltson have 
uh, built this great chemistry out there and you know what you know the early part of the season they were still trying to figure each other out you know with one of these uh, you know turned over USL rosters where you have a bunch of new players out there but once they sort of figured each other out it clicked and they both won on a great tear that whole second half of the season, midpoint second half of the season there. I was really disappointed in Thomas Ennevolts in, in his lack of just – I'd rather him take the shot than look for the perfect shot. That's – I mean, you're not going to score without taking the opportunities. And, and there was a few times – and it wasn't just him. There was a few other plays uh, in there where it just looked like we were trying too hard to get the perfect shot there. So, And, and I don't know if Kevin will agree with me on this, uh, but – I. That's kind of the changeover that we've seen in, in our um, in our number nine, Chris Cortez. <clears throat> Chris Cortez uh, had not a hugely productive 2017 campaign. And then here in 2018, he's just making attempts. And as he's been able to make attempts, those balls end up falling in the right place at his foot, and they find their way in the back of the net. So unless you're putting the ball forward – the ball's not going anywhere. And uh, so, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, Anna Voltson was a real surprise to me. Um, and that's what I – he was one of the main players I was thinking of when I said that, you know, I thought that more shots should have been taken. His head kind of went down. He was, like you were saying, uh, Ray, looking for the perfect shot, and he should have just been swinging his leg and, and seeing what happens. And, and it, it was tough because, again um, – if you if we had got one more goal, I would have been spot on with our goals uh, for that match, and that would have been two weeks in a row because I picked we would score four goals against St. Louis. Everyone laughed at me. No one thought that was possible. I know there was all this controversy, red card, all this great stuff, but still they got four goals. I was hoping for that second goal just to have the perfect uh, for, perfect uh, two for two as far as the, the goals that Orange County scores. Uh, the wonderful thing, though, looking at the uh, playoffs so far for Orange County is I believe with the first two games, they're pitching a shutout still. Uh, I, and I think from what I'm looking at, they're the only team so far in the USL to, uh, so far that hasn't given up a goal in the, uh, in the playoffs uh, that are at least the ones that are still alive there. So um, let's do this because I want to get into a little bit more. Uh, I want to hear about the Phoenix match because uh, to be honest, I didn't get to really watch much of it. I've just got to look at bits and pieces there. And I want to really hear from you guys, uh, Kevin and Aaron, and how that went. Uh, and I got to listen to the Rising as One Pot a little bit and hear some of the information there, so that was great. Uh, but let's do this. Let's uh, see if we can maybe decide on who was the key player for um, this match or the MVP or the you know player of the match for the Orange County Reno match. Uh, Dylan, let me start with you really quick and uh, get your idea on that. This match is terrifying to me. Um, I've got a huge respect for for Phoenix's team. I mean, well, we're talking about Reno. And- Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> you are. I got distracted by you talking about wanting to get up to the uh, uh, to the Phoenix match. <sighs> it's just one uh, of those I nights mean, for our podcast where we're just all over the place. Technical difficulties, Irvine um, craziness. Yeah, go for it. All right. So I was okay. Reno. Um, I was surprised to see Barcelona get beat. In all honesty, he had a huge save on Michael Seaton. Um, in that first half that kept it one nil. Um, I, I mean, I get as a goalkeeper, you just throw your body across, but the fact that he threw his body across and actually connected with the shot, even though it was offside, um, was amazing to me. Um, I heckled, uh, Antoine Opino a bunch in the stands, including some, uh, words in French and he definitely heard and turned around at one point. So that was the highlight of my match. Uh, yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, you were doing that while you're, 
credential as a media member. So awesome, <laughs> awesome job. Well, I, Dylan. Cr- I put it in my pocket. So that, you know. <laughs> hey, but, but, but to be honest, Dylan and I both purchased an actual ticket so we can sort of act like fans while we're out there. I mean, our podcast is more of a fan podcast. We like to bring the fan perspective. So we have to sit out there with Caroline Coalition. We have to interact and, and sort of do what they do and chant along. Um, and, and I know with, uh, Kevin, Aaron, I know you, you guys sort of know what it's like when you're out there as a media member or credentialed media, you have to sort of act a certain way. And we do, we're, we're pretty good out there, but every once in a while we like to sort of, uh, you know, do what the fans do and be out there and and that's why we do it. So go, sorry, Dylan, sorry for cutting you off there. Go for it. No, you're good. The guy in the the media guy in Phoenix got mad at me at the end of our match out in August. (laughs) Um, because when the final whistle blew, I started applauding. He was like, yes, you can't be doing that. I was like, you're killing my mood, man. Like. Who are you? He lied. So I just, I just like walked away from him. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. It's because we were the traveling media or Dylan was the traveling media. That's why. He yeah. Was I was like, right? this was the craziest game. I pro- like probably have ever seen at that point. Um, the four, three, the almost come back from Phoenix, the pulling my hair out the last five minutes of the match. Um, like I'm going to celebrate that win. I'm not trying to rile up fans. I'm just like applauding and you know, oh, All right, Dylan man. MVP for the match. <laughs> um, Oh man, you know what? That's a really difficult one. Mm. I really should have thought about this a little bit more. I'm gonna give it to Andre Rawls. Um, he organized that defense really, really well. And he pumps out the crowd. Um, he pumps up the crowd every match too. Yeah, he he was thrilled. Um, I know he said he was firing all cylinders after the match. Uh, that he hadn't felt like that in a long time. So let me give it to him. Organized that defense and and uh, came up big when he was asked to. Uh, Kevin, do you have any thoughts, uh, anyone that you would say is a, a player of the match for the OC Reno match? I mean, I, I, it's going to be the obvious answer. I got to go with Aiden Quinn. You know, Aiden is a guy who uh, who can score goals. Um, he forces defenses to adjust just to uh, take him into account. And what that does is I think that opens up um, opportunities for the likes of uh, Seton and uh, Enna Boltson. And, um, you know, he's just a problematic uh, pro player. We're going to have to deal with him ourselves. So he scored the goal. He won the match. Uh, the defense, you know, played reasonably well. But you know what? Ball back in the net. I got to give it to Aiden. Awesome. Aaron, do you have any uh, thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to go full on homework here. <laughs> uh, so Firebirds, the purpose of Firebird soccer is to promote local soccer. So I'm going to give it to uh, uh, the only local player in the game. That's Matt Bersano. Uh, Matt Bersano came up in Arizona, uh, went through the um, uh, RLS Arizona system. Uh, or I'm sorry, RSL, RLS, RSL Arizona system uh, before making his way out to Reno. Um, and I... Uh, really enjoy the guy, uh, even without the man bun. So uh, Matt Persona is my dude. <laughs> awesome. Um, as far as my pick, I, I I know it's we're talking about sort of like the player of the match. I have to go with more MVP in this when I'm making this pick. Is I have to pick Michael Seaton because there was def- a definite uh, lull in the Orange County offense in that second half when he was taken out because of the injury. Oh, and by the way, for those of you guys that are uh, that are hanging out with me, I'm drinking some Red Stripe, so I'm I'm celebrating his Jamaican heritage uh, as we as we speak. Uh, no, but you. you <laughs> you could just see the uh, the struggles in that Orange County offense in the second half. I know uh, it's playoff soccer. I know it's more intense. But I, I think when you have Michael Seaton out there along with Thomas Enavoldson and Aiden Quinn, uh, it, it, it really opens up the offense for Orange County because you have like three or four players out there on the pitch at all times when he's out there with those guys that can actually 
burn you and beat you and, and get a good goal on you. So, and maybe that played a part as to why Inavoltsin struggled a little bit in the second half there and was looking more for the perfect shot instead of just taking the open shot is because his uh, his partner was was missing. Yeah, you know, uh, altogether, I'd say that those four are maybe, uh, you know, I, I'd give them credit to say they're half as potent as the Phoenix Rising from four. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, it's, um, it, I, it, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it had to happen at some point. I, I love watching our guys, our, <laughs> these guys crack up here. We're going to get into this. We're, we'll get into the, the match and we'll, we got some stuff for you. I, I think hopefully, um, but let's, let's, I want to get a quick, uh, brief, uh, recap of from you guys or thoughts on Phoenix rising's victory over Swope park. Uh, I know many people were sort of jumping on that seventh scene, bad wagon with uh, Swope park because, you know, they have that affiliate affiliation, with Sporting Kansas City, sometimes they tend to um, pack their roster in the playoffs because they have that option as a, a two-team. Uh, but Phoenix Rising was able to come from behind, take the victory. Um, probably an exciting night out there uh, for you guys. I, I think uh, you guys did one of your uh, world-famous dollar beer nights, which I think, uh, from what I was listening to, the Rising is One podcast, you guys were 9-0 and this season on dollar beer nights. Um, sorry, it's $5 beer nights before the game starts in Orange County on Saturday, so that's not going to play a part in it for you guys at least. But uh, uh, who wants to go first? Kevin, Aaron, uh, who wants to share their thoughts on, yeah, on the Aaron, Aaron should. Aaron's Mr. Analyst, so I think Aaron's good. <laughs> uh, Kevin and I talked about this uh, um, after the match. Uh, we talked a little bit about what we're, how we were going to talk to you guys. And uh, I said I would play the straight man, so you know that's wait, wait, how, that, wait, that's wait. how that rolls. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, do a quick pause, quick timeout. So you guys were actually like, you guys got together, huddled, made a game plan on how you're gonna to talk with us. Wow, Dylan, we got to get our game together because these guys are these guys are like taking notes, prepping. Yeah, we're not gonna tell you where we had that meeting. That, <laughs> that, that, we got to save that for personally. Yeah, I see you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story there. Yeah. All right. Feel so free to let, share let, if you want to share a story. So, <laughs> go, go for it. Um, at Firebird Soccer, we have a great writer. His name's Mark Murray. Uh, you can follow him at M U R R I C L E S or Miracles. Uh, Mark put together a great preview. We had three major keys having a good, tidy start, not giving up something stupid in the first 20 minutes, uh, being really solid on the midfield. Uh, we're missing one of our core midfielders, his name uh, named James Musa. Uh, Musa got injured. So we have a couple guys who have been able to plug in his place. And we have a really outstanding defensive midfielder, a guy named Kevon Lambert, who is also Jamaican. So I love the red stripe reference. Uh, Kevon is actually a national team player for Jamaica. Uh, and I got to see him play for the national team in the Gold Cup last summer. Uh, and he, uh, uh, Two summers ago, actually. And he was just fantastic. Uh, so the midfield needed to be really solid. And then we have an issue. And you guys have witnessed this because I was at I was at a match in July of 2017 um, out at your temporary facility. We have a tendency to play on tilt. And when we have a, um, a referee who doesn't do what we want or, or you know, we, we feel like we're getting, um, uh, you know, screwed tick ticky tack or or you know some would say that they're actually calling the game correctly but i want whatever uh then we can have a problem and we can play on tilt and and that happens especially when um a certain player is on the field he's very well experienced i think his name is didier drogba um so I, i'm really surprised it took us uh, this long to, to say the name um but when we play on tilt, 
things can go really bad because Drogba's not good about chilling people out and get, get getting their head back in the game. He's really good at riling people up, and uh, that means that that bad things can happen. Very, very. We were very fortunate that. Phoenix pick, must have read our preview. They paid attention to every point that Mark made. Uh, we had a great tidy start. We gave up nothing stupid. Um, we did have a couple. Uh, we did give up two goals in the 20th minute after we went ahead one nothing. Uh, so we gave up two lousy goals uh, to go down two to one. But we were able to rebound uh, fairly quickly and 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 move forward. Also, the referee just had. Uh, was it was a great adjudicator he did a great job with the match and uh we stayed very level-headed and came out with a really fantastic victory one of the best all year uh we are just playing at the top of our game right now which is really fantastic because as we came into the very end of the season uh we came in the very end of the season ranked number one right uh and then the last three games we just had a real rough time of it you guys had a great finish to your season, uh, surpassed us. We went from first to second and from second to third. Um, but I guess it's the playoffs, so none of that matters anymore. So uh, before we get over to Kevin, uh, I want to just let it be known that it was you guys that brought up Drogba, not us OC people here. Because uh, Dylan, let me know if, if this is wrong, but as the young people say, the Phoenix fans are getting salty about uh, Orange County utilizing Drogba as uh, a selling force for tickets. So I just want to let it be known. It was totally it, true. It, it, it was, also, no, no, no. Online <laughs> games to be an authority on youth that I'm not. Uh, we're not salty about OC using Drogba. We think it's kind of funny, you know, because we're like, hey, you got to use one of our players to pull people in. Um, and it's fine. It's a marketing thing. It's cool. But what we had an issue with this past week was the fact that some marketing genius said that Drogba was our lifeline player. And it's like, come on, man, really? You think that Drogba is our lifeline player? Cause there's, there's nothing further from the truth. If you don't, if you think that you don't know anything about the team. Yeah. If you have a around on the pitch the entire match as your lifeline player, you're in the same place as Seattle and Tulsa and you're not in second. <laughs> Yep. Well, and the fact is, we played half of our season this season without him. Uh, he like picks and chooses when he, he was wants at the to be World there, Cup right? do, doing uh, doing announcing stuff for BBC. So uh, we had pretty. Mo- In fact, we were concerned. I, I don't know about Kevin, but when us talking at the Rising is One Pod show, we were concerned whether he should come back to the pitch in the first place. We yeah. had we were having great chemistry. We were having great results. Did we even need Didier Drogba? Um, and you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and have plenty of crow tonight for Halloween <laughs> because, um, he, since he's been back, it, it's been really fantastic to see. Well, I mean, it's one of those well, things I, I get that, I get that argument. Uh, you know, I get the thought of, you know, do we break up the chemistry, but I mean, it's, it's Drogba. I mean, it, it, although he's at the tail end of his career, it's still someone that has this mass experience. Uh, and when you get into the playoffs, uh, experience is going to play a big part of things. That's we, we've talked to our coach and our, our front office staff and, Part of the reason why we have certain players that we have that on this roster is because they built this roster for playoffs. You have players that have played in the World Cup, that have played in, in the Premier League, in Eredivisie, MLS All-Stars, and all that stuff. And, and so Drogba fits into that category. You, you have someone with this experience and that knows what to do in big moments. Uh, even though maybe their body can't react as quick as they used to, it's still just, just that knowledge that they have out there. Yep, it's the guidance there. I was listening to the USL show, and I love those guys. It's a great show. They, like and they to make were fun wondering of us, if Drogba was going to show up for the game in Orange County, and it's like, 
there is no way you could keep him off the pitch. I mean, he is he wants this trophy. He wants this cup and he is driven. Um, he is motivating our players. Uh, so, yeah, he'll be there. He's going to be there with bells on. Is, is Drogba as bad as Ibrahimovic when it comes to playing on um, artificial turf? Because I, I, I know they were talking about that a little bit. Yes, he all, he pretty much outright refuses to play on artificial turf. All right, City of Irvine, if you want to make it up to Orange County fans, go ahead and lay artificial turf on that great park in the next couple days, and we will forget all this mess that happened about not being able to host the final. I, I'm sure I will, Dylan will I'll even forgive forget you. this. <laughs> this will live on in infamy in my life. Oh, dude, now you're going back to historical quotes. Look at that, man. Um, I'm an educated, I'm an educated man. <laughs> so what did, what did, uh, uh, Kevin Aaron, what did Phoenix do to uh, get that victory? What, how were they able to, uh, I guess claw back into that match? Cause they were down uh, in the first half. Right. Uh, and they were able to get back into it. Yeah. So, um, we'll go back to, we'll go back to the Drogba issue. Oh, go, go so, so what Phoenix has been able to do here in the playoffs is actually convert Drogba who has played almost his entire career in the nine position, they converted him to a 10. So he is now a playmaking, uh, you know, almost a playmaking midfielder instead of a front a front side striker. And this is new as of the past five or so games. Um, it, it's really been a remarkable role for him that, that he's fit in. And this is in order to allow Chris Cortez, our, our true number nine, our true striker, our, our leading scorer. He's actually now the leading scorer in the history of, of Phoenix Rising slash Arizona United franchise. Um, so to allow Cortez to maintain, to stay on the field, they make, they moved, uh, Drogba basically to the back end of the, the diamond, the, the, for, the, the, the front, front side diamond and Drogba's really fit very, very well there. Uh, and, and it's allowed for an, a, a lot more scoring opportunities because Chris does have a little bit faster of a step on Drogba. He does have a little additional flexibility. He does have that, that experience. Now, Chris is not the, the, the most spring chicken out there. He's a 30-year-old striker, but he does come out of Chivas USA uh, as well as, I forgot, he comes out of the Orange County Blues. So he, he uh, Cortez played for a couple of years for you guys as well. So uh, Cortez, great player, one of those guys that when you put it at his foot, he'll take a swipe at it, and that swipe is going to uh, end, end with that ball on the back of the net. If it doesn't, it's going to ricochet, and at, and then you have Solomon Asante on one side, you got Jason Johnson on the other. So we're, it's just this really potent mix of four players playing in the forward position. Luckily, Orange County has uh, someone by the name of, and this is quoting John Macluso of 1868 Weekly, Andre Walls stops all the balls. And and, and this sort of came in play because we had uh, the Reno guys uh, at our pregame show last weekend, and there was uh, we allowed one of their members, I think it was uh, DJ, DJ Captain, Captain Chaos. Captain Chaos. Yes. We, we allowed I love uh, that guy, man. He comes out to <laughs> Phoenix every game. He's fantastic. We, we, That's we, my buddy. We open up the mic to one Reno fan to basically ban- you know offer the best banter they could offer, and he started talking about Andre Walls wouldn't stop the balls or, or something. I forget what he said, but or Andre Rawls. And uh, we sort of made this joke about it because John McAluso accidentally said, called him Andre Walls. I think it's because we were talking about Tony Walls from St. Louis. Mix it all up. But I'll just take it as it was. It was just a Freudian sw- slip there. Um, but yeah, no, that's 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 just the joke there. <laughs> Rawls has a much better name 
than the Swope Park goalkeeper. I have. I don't even know who the goalkeeper is. Yeah, his name, last name's Dick. Oh, awesome. So you can imagine what <laughs> was coming out of the you just you, you just wanted to get that word out. We have on the other side. <laughs> he just wanted to be able to say that word on a family-friendly uh, podcast here, right? It's a last name. He's. You know. <laughs> By the way, Dylan, Dylan, and I, some ner- and and Caroline Collision probably you know w- would have had fun with that name if we got to face them. But unfortunately, you guys had probably to had to beat Swell Park. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, definitely. Kevin, what did uh, what did uh, what, in your eyes, what did uh, Phoenix do to get past Swope Park? Um, as adversity started to grow, they got harder and more focused, and I think that was the biggest thing that the team did. That's been different from past weeks. Um, I'm actually glad the path that they've taken because it's been a kick in the butt to them and an eye opener. They realize that this is something that's not going to be handed to them; that they've got to get hard. And uh, I really think that's what uh, that was the big differentiator in the game. Um, we started being more focused. We started being more creative. Our midfield was playing fantastic. Uh, Kevin Lambert is just on fire in the midfield. Uh, scored a goal last week, you know, a second goal of the season. Um, the kid just knows where to be, how to be, what to do. Um, so I think resiliency is going to be a big part. Unlike the team, when we uh, played you all in our first uh, our first game of the season, it was an away game, and I was in Orange County for that game when we we gave up the uh, the tie to you guys at the what in the stoppage time. Eighty fifth. Uh, I'm sorry. Eighty fifth minute. Uh, yeah. Alex, uh, Aiden Quinn corner. Yep, it was ridiculous. Um, the team that uh, played on that day and the team that are on the pitch right now are completely different. Uh, so it's going to be, we're going to see a different look. Like Aaron said, you know, we've got Drogba playing in a number 10 position. He's adopted to that extremely well. He's added uh, some flavor, some spice. I think that Rick Schantz, our coach, keeps things mixed up. Um, and so uh, we've got a team that's going to be a little bit unpredictable and very focused. Well, and, and uh, you know, we're, I mean, we're looking forward to a great match. I, I, I can't, uh, I can't badmouth Phoenix fans. They, they, they seem to be excited about this match. They seem to be ready to travel well. Uh, I know. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Is the Phoenix fans are scaring Orange County fans a little bit just because of the a number of of Phoenix fans that sound like they're gonna come out, and because you know the club's helping them get out here. Uh, so I mean. Yeah. So we're at six buses full of people. Phoenix oh, is getting oh, hold six on, Kevin. Free... You Uh-oh, missed it. You, mit- you, you don't have the most updated numbers. <laughs> we, we now have seven buses okay. that are, that are <laughs> will be caravanning their way across <laughs> the desert which, to see you. Which bus company are you guys utilizing? I think they're called big-ass buses. You know, they're just huge buses. Bus I don't know. <laughs> Hey, come on, just let me know. I mean, so I can make the call, make sure you guys get out here safely, you know, no breakdowns or anything like that. Yeah, right. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure I can yeah. get the Orange County fans to pitch in some money. We can bribe the bus drivers to break down in, you know, the middle of uh, what is it, needles or I don't know what you guys drive through to get out this way. Yeah, I, I indigo or something like that. Blythe. Somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah Blythe. in between Phoenix <laughs> and Riverside, there's nothing. So. Some if you drive by Ziz Ziz whatever that yeah, what Zizix, whatever that road is. Uh, in the middle so of nowhere. We know we've sold out section 13 and probably 90% of section 12. And we are starting to fill up. I don't know, Aaron, if you've seen the latest Ticketmaster thing, but I'm sure oh. section 11 somewhere around 40 or 50% full with Phoenix rising it, fans at this point. 
Yeah, uh, Section 11 had only, I think, has about 25 seats left in the section. Uh, section 12 had about eight or ten, I think, I saw. So that side of the field is going to be very interesting uh, and, and really filled with red. Um, our fans are really excited to be coming out to see you. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of interesting interplay. And again, because I'm the straight man, I'm the nice guy. I want everybody <laughs> to get along. I just want to enjoy soccer and everything like that. You know, I feel kind of bad about some of the saltiness, but you know, our, our, the hashtag for this week is hashtag orange County hate week. And if you want to see some really witty stuff, uh, you know, go, go check it out. It's, it's there, there's been some good fun to be had, but please understand most of the fun is really some of the nicest people that you'd ever meet uh i just love love these folks uh we just have some of the greatest uh the greatest fans out here and they're just having a good time with this so with those tickets yes, with those me, matt pearson's not the one getting into <laughs> fight with other phoenix fans at our stadium no 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 you know there's nothing like that going on um they love to you know it's like one guy said actually he's my co-host on my show he said you know if we lose this game, I'm really going to be embarrassed because I've been throwing a whole lot of shade out there for the past week. <laughs> I'm the one who called him out on that. I said, Dude. we better win this game because you're talking a lot of trash, man. So so yeah. let's let, we'll, we'll get into this Phoenix OC match here, but let me just really quick ask you guys, who was the MVP for the Phoenix uh, Swope Park match? And you could just do it really quickly. Who would you, what name would you guys provide? Uh, who wants to go first? Kevin, you got to do that. Yeah, so you know what? Aaron's probably not going to agree with me, but I'm going with Kevon Lambert. I, I'm actually in full agreement. I mean, he, he really was. Uh, holding down that, that defensive midfielder position, putting in that, that third goal uh, that gave us the, the emotional boost. Uh, yeah, Kevon Lambert, our, our Jamaican Jamaican wonder out there. One of our Jamaican wonders. We have several player, uh, <laughs> players from Jamaica. So it's I don't know. Dylan, if you have a thought on this uh, match, I, I will be honest. I didn't really get to watch much, you know, much of the match or even the highlights much, so I'm not even going to guess. I'm just going to sort of uh, say I'm not going to pick. Dylan, do you have any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, from the little I saw, I was going to go the same way as you guys. So awesome. I mean, funny how we seem to agree here. Yeah. Hopefully, he had a terrible <laughs> game on Saturday. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, uh, let's get into this match. Let's let's get into it. We'll talk. I mean, if you guys want to, you know, let let it be heard or what you can say, because I'm sure we're gonna have uh, you know OC fans listening to this. We're gonna probably have some of your guys' fans listening to what we had to say in this. Uh, this this is the wonder of podcasts is anyone can listen to what we got to say. Uh, we love being we love being able to network with with everyone, uh, regardless if it's a, a match where we have with this really good rivalry. Because I think Orange County Phoenix is is a legitimate U.S rivalry uh it, it helps that we've got a decent uh, a close enough uh you know distance between the two of us where the fans can actually travel and it's not like a two-day travel if you want to go by car or an 800 dollars ticket uh like you know the people from st louis that were trying to get out this way was you know not cheap uh so that helps um let me say this stop buying tickets you know to quote famous uh, old school rapper dmx stop being greedy phoenix um and leave the tickets for the possible Orange County fans that we're trying to get to go out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, but we heard both of them already bought them. <laughs> Ooh, they're coming with it, Dylan. They're coming with it. <laughs> All I've learned from being twenty and the like, growing up with the internet, is that you don't talk trash until the game's over, and we don't pull seventy five hundred people to a game. <laughs> And it'd be cool if we did because we'd probably have the final. Well, we don't but, have we don't have a former Chelsea superstar that can draw five thousand on his own. So I mean, 
I mean, there's nothing, nothing against Phoenix for drawing fans, but I mean, if we had a Drogba on our team, we probably would be able to draw and, and fill our stadium to capacity most matches, but we don't. We have, uh, I mean, I'm nothing against the players we do have. We have some great players, but they're not household names uh, like a Drogba or or whatever you might get. the Champions League. And frankly, Orange County saw... Uh, Orange County fans in general are about as fair oh, weather and yeah, boring and fans. pathetic as they come. Um, and Orange County soccer fans who aren't actively going to Orange County games don't care to because it's out of their way or something. It's going to take forever to get there. I live 10 miles away from the stadium. It, it takes, takes like 45 minutes. 12 minutes to get to the stadium on a match day. Like It's not that bad, but people <laughs> don't care. And there's just too much other stuff going on they can go watch a terrible hockey team they can go watch another terrible hockey team or they can go to la i mean and that's world series like there's so much to do here and no one cares and so i mean i'm not going to sit here and argue stats about attendance it sucks that people don't come here and it's really on people who just don't care enough well dylan i'm going to say something quick then i'll let you gentlemen uh, uh aaron and kevin uh chime in uh, the thing that sucks with Orange County fans is, and this it it sort of plays with where we live. Is we're a county of suburbs. We don't have that urban center. I mean, people claim that Santa Ana is like this urban center, but I mean, when you have like the tallest building is maybe twenty stories in your urban center, it's not really an urban center. Uh, I'm not saying you need to have an urban center to draw fans, but it's it's so spread out. It's so suburbanized. Uh, in Orange County, and there's and there's so much to do, like you said, Dylan. Um, nothing against you know. I'm not saying that Phoenix has an advantage because they have less to do. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff to do in Phoenix. I've been out there. There's a butterfly garden uh, out in I think Scottsdale. There's glow in the dark miniature golf somewhere out that way. There's this there's big gigantic. There's this big gigantic park that has just gigantic parkness uh, uh, down in the south end. I, I forget what what part of uh, maybe Tempe or wherever that is. I, I it's forget. very creative name. It's called South Mountain Park. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's stuff to do, but I, I'm sorry, Phoenix, you don't have what we have in Southern California as far as things to do. More people in Orange County would rather go to Disneyland and drop you know 150 dollars a person to go hang out with the mouse then go to a sporting event i mean that and that's even calling out the angels i'm sure there's more people that would rather go to disneyland than go to an angel game or a duck game or even drive out to la for sports so i mean um i mean i, I guess you, you might have some butterfly lovers out there but i'm sure it's not the same type of thing they're all in utah <laughs> wow yeah there you go no you know okay first of all um i'm gonna toot my own shows horn a little bit because a couple of weeks ago in episode 26 i made the official declaration that orange county was our nemesis team um back at the beginning of the season i uh, embarrassed myself and chris cortez because i was talking about oc and you know what we just need to beat these guys and screw these guys and all that kind of stuff and, and then uh i forget who it was it might have been dia was sitting next to chris he goes you know he came from orange county i was like oh great Perfect. <laughs> but here's the reason why I think OC needs to be our nemesis team because fans have been divided between OC and Las Vegas. And this is why I made the, the declaration. Vegas is close by. Okay, great. But you know what? We don't respect Vegas. <laughs> we have this rivalry does. with OC. Look at what we've done. One win, one loss, one tie, right? It's always uh, it's always a coin flip. Who's going to take this game? How's it going to go? The, 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 t- the uh, draw at the beginning of the season was mind-numbingly frustrating it was practically the exact same thing last year uh you're a respectable team 
It's fun to have this rivalry. You're close enough that we can show up to the games. It's not a big deal. Um, so, you know, for those reasons, I thought this is the team to hate. This is the team that we need to go after all the time. And hopefully we're going to get it reciprocated. And really, one of the reasons why the fans, and Aaron, I think you might be able to back this up. But one of the reasons why it's it's turned to this, you know, shade fest on Twitter is because we're getting crickets back. And they're just like, you know, they're like a, a 12-year-old kid who's, you know, pounding on their older brother and just trying to get a reaction and not getting one. So they're just intensifying. It's kind of funny. Let me let me say this: our esports team has been trying to stand up for Orange County uh, Soccer Club as much as they can. Uh, <laughs> I've got tr- dogpiled, man. <laughs> I've tried to ju- <laughs> I've tried to jump in there with our Twitter a few times, but you know, it's it's one of those things. It's it's I think what Dylan said growing up in I I, I I'm looking at uh, Aaron and Kevin. You know, Dylan's growing up in more of that social media age where he was like, you know, five years old, you know, six years old with social media. So they're sort of being oh, educated. <laughs> Dylan, I'm sorry. I always mention Dylan's age, but he's I'm like, I was like 10 when social media like really took off. Oh, okay. He was 10. So he's growing up in that age where they're actually really social media secure and they try to, they're, they're, they've actually learned that you're not supposed to just jump on a social media and say a bunch of crap because it can come back and bite you in the, in the behind it might but. hurt someone's feelings. No, you, can, you can all be <laughs> about hurting feelings. You just got to like have the <laughs> substance to back it up. And like attendance stats aren't substance, but like going and actually like beating a team in a game, that's substance. If we lose just like all that banter, I get it's not even banter. It's just like weak trash talking. Um, that's totally deserved at that point. I mean, like, well, have at see, it. but the thing is, is both OC and Phoenix rising have enough experience and wins and legacy behind them that they can talk trash. Uh, and uh, that's why we're surprised that we're not hearing more back from the OC fans because they've got trash. They could talk back to us. That wouldn't be difficult at all. We're just not, we're just not hearing it. And, you know, Phoenix rising, we've been around for two years, but we've got a great history already with the club. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot of posturing going on, but we feel like there's a little bit of uh MacGuffin behind what we have to say and you know we're just having fun doing it none of it's personal none of it's you know to <laughs> to actually piss somebody off it's just to have a good time oh yeah no i mean i can't believe that the 20 year old in me is the one that's like <laughs> just don't get involved like this is so pointless <laughs> yeah if you want to see involved man i played soccer in germany back in the 70s you want to see people get pissed off riled up and ugly boy that was the place to do it or go to England. Oh, just go to a game that i'm at i mean oh jesus <laughs> So I'll, I'll just point out, you know, there, there are multiple forms of shade that's occurring. And if you go to the Orange County Soccer Club Wikipedia right now, uh, you, are, you were founded in, two, in 2010, and your stadium is called Can't Host the Championship Soccer Stadium in Irvine, Ooh. California. Ooh. So, you know, there is some creativity that occurs on the side of the Phoenix Rising fan. And, and, and we really do have a ton of stuff going on. I mean, Arizona State University is one of the largest, uh, the, one of the largest schools in the entire country. UCLA. Uh, on par with UT Austin, on par with o- uh, Ohio State. You have one, uh, we have two. Arizona Diamondbacks had a great, uh, great summer. We have two baseball teams. uh, uh, Defecated all over the bed. Uh, (laughs) Arizona Cardinals. We're not going to talk about that. We have two football teams. So, so we we have have... two hockey teams. You have you have one of everything. You have one good college, one good baseball, one good football, one good hockey, one good good basketball. Okay, we have one of each of those. We have two of each. We have two of each. They are physically present. Plus, we have two MLS and seats. Um, but but the constant for uh, going back to to March has been Phoenix Rising, and it's not just 
um, that the product has been a good product. We have a great marketing team. We have fans who are passionate and actually act as, as great ambassadors. We have a team that recognizes the fans as ambassadors for the team. Uh, we have great programs for bring a friend programs, good discounts. I mean, things are going really well on the marketing side. And in fact, uh, to, props to Orange County, we're actually going to be replicating something that you guys are doing. Um, it was and it was me that brought it to the attention of the marketing department. I said, hey, Orange County's having this awesome uh, beer fest that's going on. It looks really cool. I think it would draw people and uh, it would get Kevin drunk. So um, <laughs> so we should do that. And, and within five minutes, the director of marketing, Sam Dorr, who we stole away from San Antonio, said, this is a great idea. When do you think we should have it? And I said, well, maybe it would be good for preseason. He said, good. I penciled it in already. I mean, they really respond in incredible ways to us. So it's not just the product. It's, it really has to do with this, this awesome interaction that the front office has with us as Joe fans, uh, with Kevin to be able – when Kevin calls up and says, hey, you know, can I get, uh, can I, can I get uh, Jason Johnson to come over? And when Jason Johnson comes, he brings Billy Forbes with him, you know, or, or, or something like that. They make – so much available to us that we really feel like family with these guys. And I hope that you guys can find that in some front office people, because when you do that, then people stop being fans and they become supporters and our supporters are awesome. Flat out. Awesome. I, I will say what you guys is what the club does for you guys as fans is awesome. I mean, you guys got your dollar beer nights. We, we would love to have something like that in orange County. Um, we have we we've had some great experiences, um, not quite to the level that you have as far as with your front office, as far as the supporter groups. Uh, but you can see the club is is making attempts to do stuff. You you can see the club. Uh, I mean, the fact that we sort of came out. I came out of nowhere. They, the club had no idea who I was. I came out and said, "Hey, I'm looking at starting a podcast uh, for Orange County Soccer Club." Uh, they sort of you know looked at my background. I had done media coverage for the LA Clippers uh, for a sports blog. So I sort of had a little bit of sports experience, but I was still coming in as a, as this nobody I had, I'd gone to one game uh, as a supporter and I said, Hey, you know, what are your thoughts of if we start a podcast and they, they were on board with me from the get go. Uh, they've given me access. You know, we've been able to get credentialed. We've been able to speak with players. We've had players on our podcast uh, on phone interviews. So, I mean, it's awesome what they've been trying to do to build it. Uh, it's just one of those things. I, I get what you guys are saying. And, and Kevin's, you know, I think it was Kevin or, or no, it was Aaron right there. He was, uh, he was naming off all these teams that you guys have. We have twice as many of them. Plus we have two MLS soccer teams. We're we're third choice for soccer in Southern California, and it's yeah we get that it's difficult to get fans to to even listen to us. You guys, I've looked at it. You guys have media coverage. You, your TV stations will cover Phoenix Rising. You never see Orange County Soccer Club on any TV station. Let it be known, all the TV stations are in LA, so they're going to cover LAFC, LA Galaxy. Exactly. exactly. But sure. you never hear about Orange County. So I've talked to people even to this day, and people are like, "Who is what? What is that? What is Orange County Soccer? Is that like a team you play for?" They ask me if I play for them. Is it like a a rec league? No, it's it's a legit pro team. I, it, it's one of those things. As an Orange County fan, it's a struggle because no one knows who we are, and there's no potential hope because. 
we have, I mean, I've, we've talked about it, Dylan and I have talked about it in the past. It's like, we have to be at least like 13th or 14th level sports team in Southern California, which means we're never going to get coverage, even from the local Orange County papers. It's it's a miracle if we get coverage. So it's one and, of those things that sucks. That's what it's going to have to come down to for you guys. Because, Trust me, you I know, try. With, with, with a certain level of respect, um, the, the whole, you guys also have five times the number of people we do. You have a better demographic where you guys are that's a higher average income than pretty much the entire phoenix area now what you have is you have a lot of distractions and you have a lot of people who don't want to be bothered <laughs> they, they really just don't want to be yeah. bothered for anything I they mean, don't have any passion for anything you know out here we have we do have something that, that that's on our side um and that is our demographic we have a great number of young people and we have a great hispanic population um you know those are two po- populations that can't uh, that that have trouble of even affording living where you guys are so uh, i get it from in the struggle that you guys have um in, in a lot of ways I think one of the big things for us, one of the ways that we've been able to garner some of that experience is because every newscast starts off with or ends with, and they're hoping to get an MLS franchise. Yeah. You know, yeah. if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have Drago. We wouldn't have, yeah. we would have had Omar Bravo, who was really our first big, big name player. He, it didn't pan out, but having Omar Bravo sign on our team, Got incredible uh, excitement going in, within the, within the Hispanic community, bringing back bringing on Drogba. The same thing for those who like English style soccer. Um, so the steps that we're trying to make as an independent club to make it to MLS is really what makes us different than in with a different experience than you guys are, because you have you have the struggle to pitch people and say, "Hey, look, ML, uh, uh, second division soccer is entertaining." USL is a quality league. These players are amazing people, and you should get emotionally invested in them, even if you can't get emotionally invested in something that's a Division Two squad. So I get where you're, you guys are coming from. Um, I think it's a great rivalry. My personal opinion is, and, and Kevin, guys, you're going to want to watch his face. A very significant soccer media contact in San Diego said that he got a message tonight from a higher up in MLS that says if San Diego passes their their bid uh, to build the stadium, that they will get the MLS team. I mean, <laughs> and, and you know what? And if that happens, MLS can have them yep. because USL is a great league. We have a great team. We enjoy what we're doing, and our fans enjoy being in USL. So we'd be happy to have that. And by the way, that came out tonight, so that's breaking news for all of you Orange and Black fans. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Hey, and, and, and I'll say this. Uh, the the true Orange County Soccer Club fans, we love being part of the USL. It, it, it is a great league to be a part of, uh, except for when you get screwed with the, the, the championship uh uh, you know, going on here, but that's you know that's a different story there. But we we legitimately love, and we legitimately love you know not supporting LA Galaxy or LAFC. We like that we have our own professional team. You know, one of the things we like to say is support local, which is Orange County. So um, mm. awesome there. <laughs> you know, add, something... add soccer to the end of that, please. That's my hash. Support local <laughs> soccer, so that they know. All right, or businesses, so... or you know, I mean, I like it because it's nice and broad, and I. Like to support businesses that aren't in the city of Irvine. Plus, when you yeah, but if I it's mean, not what? soccer, I just don't care. But when so. you search the hashtag support local, we will come up, right? Instead, you have to search a specific uh, hashtag. Uh, Kevin, did you have something you wanted to chime in there? 
Yeah, you know, it was interesting because when we were at the game, uh, I guess, what was it, in March, uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, we were in our Section 13 and we were doing our thing with the supporter groups and everything, and some of the Orange County fans that were right next to us started getting mad at us and telling us we were too loud and this lady was yelling at us because we were using curse words and stuff. And Hey, and, that happened uh, to us in Phoenix. Did it really? <laughs> yeah, wow. some Scottsdale mom turned around and yelled, there's kids here in like the 75th minute. Tell her to go to the butterfly, the butterfly the museum time. or whatever that is. And so we yeah. just laid into her because none of those kids were paying attention because they were invested in the game. Also, 15-year-olds well, well use deserved. worse language than I do. So Yeah, no, yeah, lay into her because you know what? They can stuff it. You know, it's the, soccer. You know, a, a big beef that we have right now is that we were told that our supporter groups can bring one drum. We can't use any flags. Um, and what I would blame we, Vegas for that one. They showed up with a weird BDSM or Luchador convention, well, and I, like a drum line. Well, and they tried to invade our section too. They didn't go to where they were supposed to be. They were uh, they tried to come right next to us in the bleachers, and and yeah, blame Vegas. Yeah, well, you know what? We're grown adults here. You know, they should be able to understand that we're not Vegas and the Vegas people are stupid and they do stupid stuff like that because their team sucks. Well, plus, so, you know, oh, got yes, to keep saying it. Yes. Well, you know? plus yes. that that first game, your your damn LaBanda or whoever they were out on the, the opposite Lo- end of the Benditos, bleachers, yeah. whoever those guys were, they would not shut up the whole game. They were playing music the whole damn game. Shut them up for part of the game at least. No, oh, we good luck stop. with that. That ain't gonna happen, my man. <laughs> they are, they pride themselves on going ninety minutes, and they go hard, dude. Dude, uh, they're they're Crazy. they're great dudes. Uh, Do you not remember very, that, Dylan? Very passionate people. Yeah, the Red Fury too. You know, and, and we, Fury, we yeah. like the flags. You know, it's again. You know, I played in Europe and and uh, went to a lot of games in Europe and. Uh, especially in Germany, you know, you've got flags going on across the whole stadium and we can't do that in Phoenix. So, I mean, you know, people do get upset if you have a big flag in front of them in the United States still, but in the supporters section, you know, we should be able to have flags and drums or whatever you want to do because it, it creates excitement. Um, I mean, it was one of the most electric evenings I've spent in sports no. uh, this past Friday night with the Phoenix Rising game. And I've been to a lot of big games. I've been to, you know, Bayern Munich versus, uh, you know, Dortmund. Uh, I, I've been, you know, to all sorts of big games like that, Man U games. Um, and, uh, and it was electric. Part of it's because of the size of the stadium and we're so close together. Um, and that's something that Orange County could take advantage of with the size of their stadium. Uh, but they just they want to stifle if it's uh so I mean you sort of have my support. I don't know, Dylan, you can chime in too. I, I agree you guys should be able to do what you need to do to be supporters. Uh the smoke thing, I mean, I don't know what it's like out in Phoenix, Arizona, or wherever your stadium is actually located. Um I know with the smoke in our section, it's actually, you know, regulated by the club as far as because there's all these restrictions for fireworks. And I think the smoke fire falls under firework, firework stuff and all that, that wonderful stuff. I know our supporters group that, you know, you have a couple people that are, you know, basically licensed or whatever to be able to actually use the smoke. Um, you know, so it's one of those weird things uh, with that, but I agree with you. The, the flags, you know, I bring in a reasonable amount of percussion instruments. I don't want to see you guys coming in with like a 120 piece percussion band or whatever. We've got four drums in one section for the red fury. And I think three for the Los banditos, you know, and, uh, it's not like I've seen what Vegas can do with their drum lines. And it's just, I mean, that's getting ridiculous, but, but, but Uh, yeah, all you can hear is like smashing of things happening 
<laughs> so it's completely pointless as a supporters group because you're just making noise that doesn't actually do anything. Yeah, and that's kind of what the Vegas people do is they just sit there and, and they just make noise. They're not chanting and with Los Bandidos and Red Fury. They're actually doing chants. Oh, yeah, the they whole are. Time. Yes. I yes. mean, they're singing. It's crazy. I mean, I get exhausted watching those guys. Um, it, you know, and it just makes for, and what it might do is it might electrify people who are in the stands. And even though it's maybe not for Orange County team, they'll at least see it and feel it and be like, oh, this is really fun. I should be friends because really, the growth for Phoenix rising has been organic. It's people like myself and like Aaron. I mean, I know personally I'm, I'm responsible for at least seven or eight people buying season tickets. Uh, and I've brought a lot more people who will buy season or not season, but you know, regular tickets here and there. Um, and it's because they show up in the stadium and the stadium is so exciting and they love the environment. And so they want to come back. Um, but you know, it is what it is. We'll, we'll just scream if we have to the whole time and, <laughs> And not bang drums, but uh, you know, either way, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a battle on the pitch. Oh, it will be. I think we're be, we're going to be guaranteed a good game. So, so the official rules that were given to us is that we can't bring any flags in. We can only have one banner or tifo per group, and only one drum per group. So we have two main supporters groups uh, typically, uh, but I believe in the past 24 hours we had about 15 new groups all start up. So uh, hey, that is smart. County that is for smart. giving us motivation to create more supporters groups. What are the names of these supporter groups, though? I, I want to hear these awesome names. Uh, the Dia Gang for Amadou Dia. That that's one of them. Um, uh, uh, is Drogba playing? That is an awesome group. Um, it's right? another group. That's that, awesome. that, That's a good one. Um, Mon McPee is another one. That's from Monica McPherson. Monica's kind of like uh, the Phoenix rising mom. She's got everybody on, all the players on speed dial, all the coaches. Uh, everybody loves awesome. her. She is our main celebrity. Um, so if you happen to see Monica uh, around the game, uh, a beautiful blonde, uh, woman, and she <laughs> hangs out with John. She she got John McPherson, uh, or I should say, John McPherson somehow got her. Um, so and, so uh, so when but, we do when we do our um, what is the the Dylan? I'm gonna have to ask you what is our chant where we yell out soccer mama, um, county road, county road. We have a chant for county road, you know, because we're Orange County, and they changed the word soccer mama. So there we go. They you know the, I don't know. You guys can create that chant now for your soccer mom. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Hey, no, by the way, gentlemen, just know that at least for me, if it was under my control, I would have no problem with you guys bringing in flags, bringing in a reasonable amount of drums. Like I said, you know, if you want to bring in a couple of drums, because really in the Catalan Coalition, we usually will have one, maybe two drums uh, in our section. We're not big fans of drums. We like to chant. Uh, there is a drumming section that usually is at the matches. I don't think they're going to be at the Phoenix match from what I'm hearing, um, but they're sort of more of the... Um, the fan that are fans because they make money off of it. Not true. You know, like us supporters out there in the group. Um, if it was up to me, uh, we're a fan podcast. I don't work for the club. I have no pool with the club, oh, yeah, sure. but if it was up to me, I'd say bring some flags, you know, chant loud, bring a few drums. Uh, I, I guess if How you guys about want... we bring about a thousand people, is that okay? <laughs> um, that, that's no, what, I'm, that's what we're hoping to do. Like I said, DMX says, stop being greedy, man. You don't need to take up all our seats, man. You, 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 you could bring, you know, 20 people, but a thousand, hell no. When <laughs> we went to Phoenix in August, we were limited to one flag and that's why we're uh, doing one it. banner. 
which isn't a big deal when there's only seven of you. I get the frustration. <laughs> yeah, you, know. you guys have voices. Just yell. Like I didn't. My voice didn't recover after Saturday until Monday, and I didn't do that much damage to myself at the World Series, screaming at um, Ricky Betts in center field. But like you know, he's a Boston fan. Um, let let's do this because we haven't really uh we haven't really talked much about the actual soccer on the field that we're expecting. We've been talking all about this fan stuff and and all this great stuff. So I want to because I don't want to go on like a three hour podcast here. I want to definitely make this a more reasonable podcast. We're already getting towards the longer side of things. Uh, I want to get just a brief uh, idea from each of you. Uh, your thoughts on this game, what you, what you think is going to happen as far as you know, maybe some players. No predictions yet. We'll get to that after we just do a. a brief description uh discussion here uh do i have any volunteers who wants to go first with uh their you, thoughts on you know what i'll go first because you just want to get me out of the way and then hear the official authority from from aaron <laughs> um, uh you know i see a little bit more of the same uh, i see cortez up front with drogba uh feeding both cortez and jj johnson and asante on the sides um from what i see in the matchups and from the couple of orange county games i've watched this year um, we're going to pull in speed um, because speed we think is going to be an advantage and the creativity that can come from Drogba um, is going to be really, really uh, key. Um, we need to shore up our back line um, and I think we will. I don't think we're going to see the problems we saw in this last game um, because we'd brought in like uh, Tristan Blackman who hadn't practiced with us for quite a while. Um, it was a last minute uh, exchange uh so I think our back line is going to be shored up and then our midfield is going to keep doing what it's doing. So uh, I think at this point, it's going to be a little bit more of the same as what we brought to Swope Park because it ain't broke, you know, so there's nothing to fix at this point. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, I'm in the same place. Um, I was, I did pick the exact um, uh, 18 um, uh, or predict the exact 18 that came out on Saturday uh, last Saturday, I don't think that we have any changes. We were were very fortunate. We didn't pick up any uh, ticky tack injuries in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the big question really had to do with what was what was the role of Tristan Blackman as as he comes in uh, to get some playing time from LAFC. Uh, and I'm gonna and I I w- did spot that he came in via uh, Instagram uh, that he was flying in. He flew in on Wednesday night. They plugged him in. Um, he is, uh, as I'm looking at it now, he might be catching another flight. So we may see a, a, a change from instead of Tristan Blackman along the back line, uh, instead switching out Mike DeFont. DeFont did play most of the season in that back in that back line. Blackman, we got for a couple games starting in August, uh, enough to get him playoff qualified, basically, uh, coming out from LAFC. So if he, if, Blackman makes his way back for playoffs. Is LAFC still still in the the whole thing? They are. Okay, yeah. so Blackman's probably coming back to, or heading back to LAFC, and we'll slide Defont back into the position that he's used to. That's actually a good thing for us, because Defont uh, and, and uh, our our backline captain there, Joey Farrell, Joseph Farrell, uh, really work very well together. Blackman does have more talent than, than DeFont, but DeFont and Farrell have a lot more playing time together. So uh, unfortunately, I don't think losing Blackman is going to be too much of a weakness for us. Yeah, I agree. Dylan, your thoughts? Um, 
I mean, it would pay me to say this a month and a half ago, but I think this game really comes down to Joshua Gold. Oh, uh, I think if he can keep the back line calm and keep the midfield calm and prevent any needless cards um, from antics on the field, I won't even name names there, but we're all smart people. Yes, and they can figure that out. Um, then he has done his job, and I mean that's why he's back there. He's a cool head, and he's experienced. Um, other than that, I mean, I can say a John Madden thing of well, we just got to score more goals than Phoenix. And Phoenix is content to sit back and defend, and I mean we saw they only had thirty percent possession at home last week against Swope. Orange County plays a really expansive attacking style. So if they can defend against those counterattacks that Phoenix is going to put, again, that's going to come down to Yoshi Vold and, and Al Canali in the back. Um, and if they do their jobs, then we should be okay. Um, and and if Kevin Alston is, is playing, um, he picked up a knock over the weekend. So I imagine probably like injections or something to get him through this match. Um, that'll be a, a pretty big and uh, important part as well. So I'm going to jump on it. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with Kevin when he talks about the pace of Phoenix, because I, that's one thing that scares me. Uh, I've uh, talked about in the past is, is orange County doesn't have the quickest defense. We do have some big guys, so we're fine with physicality, but sometimes speed sometimes will, uh, will uh, hurt us uh, really quick to talk with uh, Dylan, what he talked about with Kevin Austin, because Kevin Austin and also Michael Seaton, uh, had or dealt with some injuries uh, in the match against Reno. I reached out to the club to find out some information as far as uh, they could tell me. Um, uh, basically, there's no reason to expect that either will be out on Saturday, which is good news. Uh, now, will they be, you know, close to 100% where they won't be impacted by injury? That's a different story. Uh, Michael Seaton is definitely a big piece, but Kevin Alston is a, a definitely a big piece of our defense. MLS All Star, um, he's looking to get back into MLS from what we're hearing, and he's going to be a big, uh, big part of that team if he can be out in the, in the field and actually perform well. That'll be a big thing. Um, our defense needs to really be prepared for the speed of Phoenix, especially if Phoenix uh, uh, does what they do. Um, the thirty percent uh, possession last game and they were still able to score four goals and, and come out victorious. That's scary. I have faith in Orange County as long as they take their shots and they're, they're not doing what they did this last week with uh, you know some of the players trying too many passes, and they actually will take those open shots and not look for the perfect pass. I think uh, Orange County can, can put the pressure on Phoenix. I think, Kevin, it was you that said also as long as Phoenix can have a solid back line, uh, that's going to be a big part of this, this match, and, and I, I agree with you on that. Um, that's good. It's going to come down to the way the defensive plays, uh, the defenses play in these matches. Because uh, again, Orange County can get uh, can get hurt by speed, and uh, Phoenix sometimes has a little bit of shaky time on the defense there. So it's going to be a great match. I can I can say that. Um, I think uh, yeah. I think it's going to be when you when you look at the two different finals here, the Eastern and the Western Conference. I think the Western Conference final is is the match to watch if you're only going to watch one of those matches. That's the one you're going to watch because that's going to be a a tightly contested, um, possibly high scoring, possibly low scoring, but it's going to be a tightly contested matchup regardless uh, of of how the score is going. Um, Aaron, did you have a something to say there? Yeah, so uh, you're right. I mean, our our biggest strength is our wing speed, uh, but I will say. Our biggest weakness is our wing speed. 
Uh, we have a real, we've had real trouble through the whole season about overrunning play. Uh, you know, make, using the speed to break to the end line, not but and not being able to control the ball all the way down there. So, uh, luckily, I think we have it under control with Johnson and Asante. Uh, they're they're definitely some of our much better ball handlers. Uh, we've had issues with with more of our bench players, Kevon Frater, Billy Forbes, with overrunning the ball on those wings, uh, but. Hey, we have that speed, but we can be pushed off of the ball. And Asante, when he's a, Solomon Asante is, is our team MVP. I mean, flat out, regardless of any any other name, the, the Ghanaian player is our MVP. He's five foot three. He's I don't know, maybe a hundred and forty five, hundred and fifty <laughs> pounds. Um, he's he gets in there, he uses his body, but he doesn't have a lot of mass, so he can get pushed off of the ball. Um, and when he gets pushed off the ball, he can show frustration, and that's where we have trouble staying. You know, where the speed really comes into play, but we can be pushed off tilt because of that speed as well. So. Um, because this is, you guys are looking for insight from our side. Uh, that is one thing that I just wanted to bring up. Oh, share it all so our players can hear this. We have some players that listen to our podcast. So share all the insider information you want to share with us, and, and we'll be excited about that. Keep in mind, if you do touch him, you will hear the aforementioned Monica McPherson screaming from the sidelines, <laughs> Don't touch him! I'll kill you! Um, so... The, that's Monica, and uh, we know her and love her. Awesome. <laughs> let's let's do this. Uh, let's go around and let's get our predictions for the score of this match and the player of the match or the the predicted player of the match. I, I <laughs> I'm looking at you, Aaron. You're like, oh my gosh, we really have to do this. But it's something we do every episode. We have to pick a prediction on this match. Um, do your best. Um, we always like to go to our guest first, but we have two of you. So who wants to go first? Anyone? Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> two two Phoenix wins and penalties. Ooh, they're gonna get the ball by Andre Walls. I like that. Uh Kevin, what are your thoughts? You know, I think it's gonna be two one Phoenix. All right. That's uh th- those two outcomes are probably expected from the two Phoenix guys. Dylan. Homers. Um I'm gonna cry <laughs> and um can I, can I just leave it at that actually? You're gonna what? I'm going to cry. You're going to cry. No, you got to pick a score, man. It's okay. Come to the dark side, Dylan. It's okay. What did you say, Dylan? Two in Orange County. Two in Orange County. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I I can't predict against Orange County, but also, again, gentlemen, be scared because I'm 2-0 and on the playoffs here, and Orange County has shut out us, uh, the, the opponent so far in the playoffs. Oh man, I can't go with a shutout, doubt. Darn it. Um, three two Orange County. So we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, I, I guess that's predicted. The Phoenix guys picked Phoenix. The Orange County guys picked Orange County. Uh, no one jumped over to the opposite side, which again is as predicted there. But uh, uh, we're guaranteed to have an exciting, awesome, wonderful match. Regardless if you're an Orange County fan, a Phoenix fan, or just a soccer fan in America, check out this match. The match will be on Saturday. Uh, you can watch it on ESPN Plus. Uh, it's five bucks to get that, and you don't just get USL. You get Serie A. You get um, the Carabao Cup. 
You get uh, what else? U- you get uh, UEFA Nations League. There you go, UEFA Nations League. Whatever the hell that is. Um, I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't even know. <laughs> um, Andy, shut it off because we're talking about non-USL stuff. There, uh, gentlemen. Andy is one of our listeners. That he's the only guy that comments on all of our SoundCloud SoundCloud podcast release, and uh, he hates talking about anything other than um, USL. So we always reference him once we get off topic. Um, but yeah, no, you're guaranteed to see a great match. If you love soccer, watch it. Um, if you're an LA galaxy fan, you have no one to cheer for, watch it. Uh, I know the, the club recently tweeted out and I think, uh, people were making fun of that, even that they're asking galaxy fans to watch orange County, but Hey, oh, galaxy fans support local soccer, man. doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Watch, <laughs> watch the beautiful game. Yes. Watch it. Uh, uh, you know, you said beautiful game. I know you plugged it earlier, Aaron, but, uh, you know, orange County, Orange and Black Soccer Cast, we are part of the Beautiful Game Network. BGN.FM is where you find our podcast. You can find Rising as One. You can find all the other wonderful USL and soccer-based podcasts. Dylan was recently on a podcast. Which podcast were you on, Dylan? I don't. He oh, forgets God. the name of it. I'm Come so on, sorry. Dylan. You're supposed to know this, Dylan. Oh, it was so like bad. Weeks ago, and I ignored <laughs> the tweets because I've been staying off of Twitter as much as possible. Uh, it was the... I love that oh long V. Oh my God. What is it called? Okay. Oh, the, um, the last line podcast. <laughs> there we go. I had to throw you, I threw you under the bus there, Dylan. I'm sorry. I had to get Dylan back because he was uh, talking about how his t- personal Twitter is a lot more fun than the orange and black soccer cast Twitter. Um, just because like, I don't have to be like impo- I can. You don't have to be politically that. correct with uh, with your I own personal have to be podcast appropriate at all on my Twitter. <laughs> and so, if I want to call out the USL or the club or something Ray said, then I don't feel bad. Yeah, go for it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can find our our podcast, their podcast, everyone's podcast that's USL based. Uh, well, not everyone's, but all the BGN Network podcasts. Find them there. They also have a great written section where you can find a bunch of written work uh, that covers the USL and just soccer in general. So go check them out. Also, uh, follow our friends over Angels on Parade. They cover Orange County Soccer Club extensively. Uh, Alicia over there has been on our podcast a few times. She's a great. Uh, she's been a great guest, and she covers this club like no other, uh, at least on the written side. Um, I'm too busy in my life to sit down and actually take time to write articles about orange and black soccer guests. So we rely on them to get that. Uh, so that's great stuff there. Uh, gentlemen, last thing I want to do before we get to the end of the show, um, and just give me who you think is going to win is the Eastern conference. Who do you think is going to come out of the Eastern conference in this match? New York Red Bulls tool to Louisville city FC. Um, let's go with Aaron, Aaron, who's going to be the victor in that matchup. You know, to be honest with you, I'm all about the Baby Bulls. Um, I, I haven't watched them too much, but uh, I don't want Louisville to be rewarded for having a lousy pitch in any way, shape, or form. And, of course, uh, when we come out victorious, uh, and that means that we get to host them in Phoenix. All right. Kevin? Yeah, I've got to go with the Bulls. Uh, the good Bulls are on the pitch right now, not the uh, ugly Bulls. So uh, I think they've got a good chance because Louisville just is not playing great soccer right now. So uh, Bulls, and then we can uh, bring this cup home. Dylan. I'm going to actually differentiate here. I'm going to give it to Louisville. I think the USL prefers it to be Louisville. So fans actually show up to the final. And uh, I'll leave it at that. Um. I'm going to go with Red Bulls, uh, Red Bulls tool uh, in this matchup. Uh, I 
I have no reasoning behind it. I'm just sort of picking a team off of it, and uh, I think they can do it. I that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, if Dylan would have gone and agreed with us on Red Bulls too, I would have said, "Hey, last week we were pretty much perfect on all the non-Orange County matches." Uh, with we had John. Macaluso, Richard Rainwater, Dylan, and myself, and we all picked the non-Orange County matches perfect. But unfortunately, Dylan sort of did his own thing in this one, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, it should be great, though, uh, and then we'll see what happens in the final. Um, hopefully, we'll have a podcast next week where we'll be able to talk about Orange County in the final, and uh, the Phoenix guys will have nothing to do next week. Uh, they'll be sitting around twiddling their thumbs. Uh, and in the talking, boring desert, apparently, and, where we just hang out with butterflies. Yes, butterfly and, and glow in the dark mini golf uh, somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know where that is. I need to. I need. We need to talk offline so I can figure out where that. Is. I I went out to I went out to Phoenix a couple Christmases ago, and I just remember that was one of the things we did is we went to glow in the dark miniature golf because I've I had never heard of it. I don't think we have that in Orange County. Maybe we do now, but we did that. We did the butterfly garden. We did that gigantic park. We did the. Legoland type thing, uh, but it's not actually a Legoland. It's some like random no, little tiny. Well, thing. next time you come out, you just talk to us. Kevin and I have an have a really elite place to take you. We do. Ooh, it's like a special <laughs> place too. Look at that. Um, as we do in every episode, we like to end with just sort of randomness. Uh, so I like to let everyone just sort of share a random thought. Uh, it can be soccer related. It could be non soccer related. Dylan tends to go with books because he likes books. Um. But let's go ahead and we'll start with Kevin on this one. Kevin, share us just a random thought, idea, whatever you want to share with us. Sure. Um, so uh, we're going to put out episode 27 of the PRC Fan Show on Friday. And we have a section that's dedicated to tweets that have the hashtag uh, Orange County Hate Week. And because uh, we just think it's a lot of good fun. One of the, you guys have given us a lot of stuff to work with, and one of them, I'll show it to you on the video. I know you don't have video here, but <laughs> this is one of the advertisements that you guys have, and I'll just read it. It says big ones. Hey, now, we, we went off on this for about me. three minutes. Something I say married with children. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're just wondering where that came from and what that's all about. I, I, I know it's a family show, so I guess maybe we got to leave it at that, but I have a total my, answer my show's for you. not quite a family show, so we had a good time. I have a total answer for you, and I'll give you the answer really quick here, and then we'll go to Aaron. That is actually a Japanese company. Um, part of our agreement that we had with Honda, and then we have uh, Koji Hashimoto. He's over on our team now. They're from Japan. Uh, when that all happened, Big Ones, Synchronicity, and there was one other sponsor that we have. I actually spoke with Andy, one of our members of our supporter group, and he was actually talking about he went to that website, and it was just all Japanese. Um, he also said, make sure you don't search it when you're at work because you probably will get in trouble for it. Uh, but I actually spoke with my old contact from the club. She no longer works with the club, but I tried to get some information on it. Yeah, it's a Japanese company that just um, – we have three Japanese companies we have sponsorships with. One of them I think is like healthcare or health something or other, and two of them are like property management thing. I have no idea which one Big Ones is. Um, use your mind to figure out which one is better related to Big Ones, property management or health – systems or something like that um but yeah that's that there you go that's what big ones yeah, what, is what, whatever it is our version is <laughs> is a lot more fun i always i always just say it reminds me of uh married with children uh that magazine that uh, al bundy liked to used to uh to listen or to read uh biggins um oh, yeah. yes 
that's whenever I saw that, and it's funny because when you watch the matches, like the I don't know if it's the corner kicks or whatever it is, they're sponsored by big ones, and I wish it would just think that's what came to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but Orange County fans, tweet that that's hashtag awesome. uh, Orange County hate or whatever the heck that or, that hashtag was, uh, so you can just bombard their system all you know. 50 of us or however many we have uh aaron uh, your wow. random thought before we end this episode well i just want to direct all kinds of hate uh not to orange county because i really like your stadium uh uh and and uh like going out there but all kinds of hate to san diego um uh, so please everybody you know once you're done with orange county hashtag orange county hate week director hate to san diego so they don't pass this stupid thing and uh uh put themselves into MLS without even having an existing team, existing supporters group, existing ownership or anything like that. Cause Phoenix flat out has the demographics. We have the ownership group. We have the location. We deserve an MLS franchise. Um, and uh, as, as much as we love playing in, in the USL, we would much rather be playing uh, the, your, your, the big cousins LAFC and replicating and having more quality soccer here in the Southwest. So, you know, Aaron, uh, there's probably an opening in the USL for Villain. Um, you know, F- FC Cincinnati has moved on up. They were the ones everyone loved to hate because, uh, you know, they were the ones to be like, I want out of USL. So and Don't let the door hit you on the way out. So sub- you guys can go ahead and submit your application to vi- for Villain of USL if you guys are that anxious to get out of, uh, out of the USL. And by the way, then you we know- don't... We're not the issue, but the issue is, is that we are a deserving franchise, or we're a deserving city. I mean, you look at this this expansive desert between L.A. and Dallas, and there's nothing in it except for us, New Mexico which United, is a pretty big city. You know, we got El Paso and Albuquerque and Santa Fe. Forget about it. I mean, come on, we gotta. We, got we want to elevate local soccer. This is one of the ways we do it. You got and a problem? By the way, we'll still have a USL <laughs> franchise because Phoenix Rising will keep a USL franchise. So you have a problem with uh, El Paso Locomotive? Wow, man, they haven't even started, and you already hate them. No, I actually love El Paso. That's I an awesome the name. Branding, awesome. By the way, the branding that they they, they had is great. They actually came out. Uh, all their front office staff came out to a game about a month ago when we hosted them. We had a uh, great you know, time with to those about guys. How to build a great supporter culture, and Good. I think El Paso Locomotive is going to be do great as a franchise but the city sucks like no other <laughs> dylan random thought and please make it something other than a book or a poem or something. all right this time Literature. it's a short story from john steinbeck titled the chrysanthemums it's great um and i've got a couple other thoughts i'll leave it that for the chrysanthemums um shout out to luton town over in efl league one oh, for three consecutive wins in seven days and um putting on a less happy note putting everyone on blast if it's the club that dragged their feet and getting this final game done shame on you if it's the city more shame on you because you're Irvine and if it's the league (laughs) the most shame and the most disappointment from someone who truly believes that the USL is the best league in America because that is now challenged so yeah all right, Dylan. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> and here's your antidepressant medication. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we'll have to check on Dylan tomorrow, make sure he's still around. Um, let's do this. Um, my random thought is the NFL ruins soccer in England. Uh, I'm a huge Tottenham Hotspur fan. And for those, who, 
For those of you that watch English soccer, there was a big match on Monday between Tottenham and Manchester City. And it was the day after, I think it was like 28 hours after the NFL game in London. I think it was the Ravens and I don't know, whoever. I don't watch NFL much. Uh, The field looked like crap. There was a big NFL symbol still in the stadium. And by the way, the center of the field was all just sort of ground up dirt, mesh, uh, turf. uh, And it ruined an opportunity for Tottenham to equalize with Eric Lamella as the ball bounced off that crappy turf and flew over the the goalpost. Um, NFL and soccer, if you're going to do that, I know it had something to do with Tottenham's new stadium getting delayed and all that, but still you need to find a better better, uh, solution for that. I know there's some USL teams that even play on fields that have football implications. I think Indy 11 has done so in the past, but I think that's on artificial turf, so it doesn't really matter as much. Um, But yeah, definitely uh, NFL and soccer do not uh, belong in the same stadium, you know, at least, you know, have like a month apart so you can um, fix the field before you have to play on it. Uh, But yeah, that's my big random rant there. Um, Last thing I want to say before I get to these gentlemen and let them sort of plug their social media and their their shows or whatever they do is uh the orange box archivist will be doing another pregame uh broadcast slash recording and this time instead of being at Knollwoods, we're actually going to be at the stadium in the fan zone uh we're going to be right next to the player autograph section so if you're going to be heading out to the game this saturday whether whether you're a phoenix uh, fan or an orange county fan head on out uh you know come listen to us we're going to have a bunch of uh people joining us guests uh, we're going to potentially have a Phoenix supporter come up and, uh, uh, speak with us. Uh, if we can get that all worked out, we're going to have some of the players that aren't playing in the match or they're going to be in the autograph section. They're going to at least come and speak with us. Uh, Dylan, myself, Cameron, and whoever else we can get to join us will be there. So, uh, if you're going to be at the stadium, we're going to start recording and sl- uh, slash broadcasting at five 30. We'll probably go for about 45 minutes this one because we'll be at the stadium. So we don't have to pack up and leave Knoll Woods and drive up to the stadium to beat the match. So. If you're going to be at the game, head on out, hang with us. If you're not going to be there, if you're not going to make it there by 530, uh, jump on our website, go to Mix the MixLR website or uh, app and listen to us from the stadium. And uh, let's go with this. Uh, Kevin, uh, go ahead and let our listeners know if they want to hear more from you, uh, where they can find you, where uh, they can listen to you, uh, and let them know. Yeah, we're the uh, PRFC Phoenix Rising Football Club fan show we're on youtube we are a youtube show so uh you're going to find most of our content on youtube we do a lot of twitter activity with the same name and i have a facebook account but i really don't like facebook so we don't do a whole lot there but uh we've got some great interviews with players we do some fun stuff so prfc fan show awesome thank you for that kevin i'm sorry kevin aaron um share where we can uh where our listeners can find more from you yeah, so big, uh, big fan of the PRFC fan show that Kevin was talking about. You can always find he's got. They have great insight with their USL yeah and USL no uh, segments. So check those out. I think you'll find those really entertaining. Uh, where you can find my work uh, is going to be at FirebirdSoccer.net. We are uh, also Firebird Rising on Facebook because they won't change our stinking name. But FirebirdSoccer.net is where you can find us. Uh, all of our written work and our you can also listen to my lovely voice as well as Dominic Kearns and Kyle Mackey every week on the Rising as One podcast, uh, which you can find on the Beautiful Game Network. 
Awesome. Thank you. And as always, you can find our podcast on the Beautiful Game Network. You can also go to our website, orangeandblacksoccercast.com. If you don't want to type all that in, just type in OCSCpodcast.com. A little bit shorter for you. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, Orange and Black Soccer Cast, Twitter, OCSC underscore Soccer Cast. Dylan, you can follow him, OCSC underscore Dylan. Uh, you can follow me, DJ Ray Samora. Um, I think that's all of our stuff. I want to thank our guests, uh, Aaron and Kevin, for taking some time out of their Halloween evening to join us and and talk a bunch of stuff, not just uh, the preview of the match, but help uh, help us uh, help Dylan and I, I guess, get off the cliff there, uh, being mad about this whole uh, situation going on with the stadium. Uh, for those listeners that are listening, for those of you that have been listening since day one, thanks for coming back each and every episode. Uh, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, maybe you're joining us because uh, you follow these Phoenix guys and you want to hear more of what we've had to say, uh, go to our website or go to any of the popular podcast uh, uh, options except for Spotify because Spotify hates us. Uh, and uh, go and listen to some of our older episodes. We appreciate it. Uh, for Dylan, for our guest, Kevin Aaron, this is Ray Samore and the Orange and Black uh, Soccer Cast, and we are out. Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. The Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.